Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Welcome to the Rankings Podcast, where we feature top founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys and share their inspiring stories. Now, let's get started with the show. Chris Dreyer here, CEO and founder of Rankings.io, where we help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings. You're listening to the Rankings Podcast, where I feature top business owners, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys. Speaking of top entrepreneurs, I have Bill Hauser on the show today. Bill is the author of PPC for Lawyers, Not Dummies, and the CEO and president of S&B Team, a Philadelphia-based law firm marketing agency. Bill's company specializes in unique marketing solutions for small law firms. As they put it, they, they help law firms, small law firms think big. Under his leadership, the SMB team has seen 300% growth year over year for two consecutive years and currently manages over eight figures of annual ad spend. Bill, welcome to the show. Gosh, I wish I could introduce myself like that sometimes. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You, you've been hosting these giant masterminds. You've been surrounded by tons of individuals and you're just a, a powerhouse in the legal vertical. And, and uh, I was excited to have you on the show. So let's kick things out, off. So, you know, how did you get started? Where did the idea come from to create SMB Team? Yeah, so um, it didn't start from a place of like abundance. Unfortunately, it started from bankruptcy. Um, started in 2008 is when I started getting to the bug for internet marketing because my dad um, and and our, our family business went completely under, um, you know, in the 2008 recession. Um, and as a result of that, uh, I, I left like pondering and always wondering like, why did our family business go under? Like what happened? And, you know, uh, as Tony Robbins says, pain triggers pondering, right? So I pondered and I, and I looked through all the mistakes we made and um, everything we owned got repossessed and um, I ended up uh, calling my dad two years after not seeing him and uh, and he was with another woman at the time uh, who I, I don't know uh, and some random house in like upstate New York and um, he called me randomly and I found out two weeks later, uh, he so I basically hung up on him because he was really pissed about everything that happened with our family. I found out couple of days later, he had a gun to his head um, when, when he called me. Um, and I start with this deep of a, of a point because that's how important marketing is to me. Um, so I, I got texted a video of a gun to his head as he was calling me um, after not talking to him for two years. Uh, and when I received that video, that's when my whole life changed. And I said, you know, all these shoulds I have about learning marketing uh, need to turn into musts. I must learn marketing because that's the reason our family failed. Um, the yellow pages died. Categorical, as I call it, categorical marketing died. Meaning you can't just hang up a shingle and say, hey, I'm a lawyer, open up a phone book and people just find you in a category anymore. No, 
consumer psychology has completely changed. Now people have to articulate specifically what they need online by typing things in. And this is what's made online advertisements so competitive now is because some people understand unique creative messaging, but others didn't. And in my family's case, we didn't understand it. So fast forward another two years, um, I end up uh, working for a very large $2 billion company. I become a Google ads consultant for their company. Um, and, uh, and I decided I could do it better myself. You know, the whole e-myth, uh, thinking that a technician could become a business owner. Um, and I started doing it. My first client was actually a settlement funding company. So it wasn't a lawyer. It was a pre-settlement funding company. So, uh, I did all this marketing for my dad. Actually, a couple of years later, we kind of buried the hatchet. I made all these mistakes. I built him like a keyword stuffed website. I sent all of the traffic to the homepage of his website and it didn't work that well. We wasted a lot of money, but he landed one big job. So we made out okay. Um, but when I had this settlement funding company, I thought to myself, let's just do the opposite of what I did with my dad and see if it works better. And we went from like $400 per lead uh, down to $20 per lead in my first wow. launch using like just these rinky dinky little landing pages. Um, and very targeted keyword matching, uh, what, what they call you know exact match and phrase match, keyword match types. Whereas for my dad, I was doing what's called broad match um, and you know very targeted landing pages and it worked. And then that led to a workers comp law firm referral uh, who's still with us to this day, uh, believe it or not. And, uh, and yeah, the rest is history. We just decided to go all in on the legal vertical because uh, we did something that worked from the get-go, whether it was luck or not, something worked. So we doubled down on it. Yeah. So there's, there's just so much here. So, I mean, it was, it was not only a, a passion, but it was like a must do. Like I have to figure this out. i saw the, what, what can happen on the bad side and, and just personally, you've been surrounded around that. And then, you know, one of the things that I love hearing about kind of how you got started with your agency was you got started by being highly skilled and talented and then getting referrals first. Like that's the, that's the sign of a high quality agency, mm. right? You got referred to a workers comp attorney, you know, most of the time individuals don't just freely refer out. You have to, there has to be a little bit of probing there and, and requests yep. and, and that's, that's really incredible on its own. Well, I think it, it, it may have also spoke to, cause not every month was perfect. I'm not saying everything I do is perfect, but I've worked harder than I ever worked in my life when I started the business. And I was literally answering intake calls. I was that committed uh, for my clients, but uh, a lot, a lot tied into there, Chris. Don't think it was just, I had the magic bullet from the get go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> We're all like that. Um, yeah. So, so tell us what, what does SMB team do for people that don't know? Yeah. So we created a method that's called the WAM method, uh, the word alignment marketing method. Um, and this is actually recent. We didn't realize we were doing it until we reverse engineered uh, a lot of our most successful uh, internet marketing campaigns for lawyers. Um, and what the WAM method means, word alignment marketing, is we're experts at determining how potential legal clients search for lawyers, right? Through research and surveying. And then we combine that with unique selling proposition messaging that actually, which is also words, right? So we identify the words that clients use to search for lawyers and the words that lawyers use to attract clients 
and we get into what's called word alignment, where the words that they're typing in align with the words we're using in our messaging uh, to attract those clients. So uh, the WAM method can be applied actually not just to search engine marketing, it can be applied to any facet of your marketing, like uh, any form of creative messaging. It can be applied to actually social ads. It's very fascinating. I know you'll like this. Uh, we found that a lot of the lowest performing keywords on Google ads actually work great on social media ads or as research blog topics because what we found is when we get low conversion rates on certain Google ads keywords, that's a sign that's Google saying, alert, alert, this is a research term. People don't want to immediately convert into a consultation on this term. Alert, alert. So instead of thinking, oh, my Google ads campaign isn't working, I just wasted all of this money. What we also teach attorneys to do is to take that valuable data and repurpose it to build a better, robust, comprehensive marketing strategy for their firm. Um, and that's, that's through data analysis. So it's the WAM method, data analysis, and very simple landing pages. Uh, but then aside from that, we actually just launched a very popular course that's called the Grand Lawyer Marketing Plan course, which as of now, I have 164 attorneys in it. Um, and actually, this will probably be dated by the time this releases, but we're uh, in one week launching a, a full marketing coach program. Uh, so yeah, man, we're just, we're just going with what our clients keep telling us they want. And that's what we tell lawyers to do. Stop trying to uh, market to the clients that aren't searching for you because you can't force people to search for you. Yeah. That, that, so one of the things you mentioned there, so you took basically you've concentrated on that bottom of the funnel, the, the consideration in all the top and middle, you're moving it to over to, is that what I was hearing it? You move it over yeah. to social media and blog yeah. topics. And so it's kind of different, a uh, different approach, like a channel specific approach, but it's not that maybe the topics aren't right. It's just, they're, they're right for one channel, not the other. So that's, that's yeah. really smart. So for Google ads, just as a quick point on that, um, we look at Google ads. Well, obviously we're going to have implicit bias because we, Primarily what we do is Google ads for lawyers um, uh, on the service side of our business. And, uh, but we look at it as the hub of all immediate data. Um, I always say with Google ads, one hour of testing saves 10. So you can test out pretty quickly whether you like a certain cohort of personal injury demand or any practicary demand pretty quickly on Google ads. Um, to see if you even like that niche before you go waste 10 years barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, especially if you're wanting to try to a different practice area, you know, especially with, with kind of what's going on today, you know, where there's not as many auto accidents and everyone's, you know, not on the road as much. Maybe, maybe you could target, you know, I know so, some individuals were doing business, business interruptions. There were some other other areas that spun off and then you could get immediate traffic with pay-per-click where SEO, it would take some time uh, and those other tactics just take time to develop. Yep. And we're also big fans of expediting the SEO process through social, through simple social ads. So like a big thing we're a proponent on is again, again, implicit bias. I get it. Da, 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 but, um, but we look at Google ads traffic as the bottomest of bottom of bottom funnel traffic, right? They're, they're the people who are most likely to usually percentage-wise immediately need that consultation. But of course, there's, a, there's an expense tied to that. Um, it's, not, it's not all else being equal. Um, but we also look at it as a great source of lookalike campaign data, like where you can retarget those leads. And if you just released 
I know you guys are fans of doing very, very helpful pieces of organic content. So one thing we found a lot of success with is taking your Google ads hot audience, creating a social lookalike audience for it or the exact same retargeting audience and actually just send in a little bit of traffic to it to expedite the process of people getting to your blog. I'm sure you guys uh, already know of this, but it's something that, um, that we're adamant about because uh, we, we like people seeing ROI as quickly as possible within reason. Yeah, and that traffic can be an SEO signal. The dwell times, uh, they're navigating throughout the site, gets the page recrawled more frequently. Then you can test and optimize that traffic, you know, what the experience is. Hey, so a lot of these tactics, let's kind of let's break this down. Yep. Let's, let's break down what it takes to make a successful pay-per-click campaign specifically for personal injury attorneys. Yep. So let's start with number one. Yep. They want to know how much they should spend. How do you establish that beginning budget? Yeah. So the first thing to, to ask yourself is, should you even be spending on Google ads before we go into budget? Um, so I think, you know, th there's a valid point to be made that if you're not doing, you know, somewhere around 30 or $40,000 per month um, in your law firm, it's probably um, not going to be like drop everything and just spend all of your money on Google ads. Now there's people who would disagree with that. I certainly did that probably a little earlier than I should have in my company. Um, it actually resulted in 80% of our clients last year uh, marketing to lawyers on Google ads, um, believe it or not. Um, and we probably started a little earlier than we should have, but um, I think the first thing to ask is, are you in it for the right reasons? So, so, you know, the first step is, you know, are you looking to dabble? Are you looking for a predictable, you know, every month, the same exact cost per lead can't be a penny over, um, uh, you know, that type of mentality, then Google ads is not going to be the right fit for you. The benefits of Google ads is that number one, it's immediate. Uh, but number two is it's such a, uh, it's such a good platform for you to get out of the rat race of the third party lead directories, right? So no matter what, every attorney's main goal should be to get on the first page of Google. That should be like goals you have written on your forehead, behind your ear, on your wrist, everywhere. Like just write down, get on the first page of Google because uh, life becomes way easier. So then the next question is, what are the ways I can get on the first page of Google? Okay, well, I can show a Google ad tomorrow, right? Um, can't really get on Google Maps. They, you know, they, they sometimes show the ads, you know, on Google Maps, but it's like one ad. So what's really the chance you're going to show up for a competitive PI firm at the exact time of day you need? So you can show up on Google Maps. There's too many unpredictables. There's, there's a veil pulled over that. You can't like bid adjust for Google Maps ads yet, to my knowledge. You can't like tell Google, I really want to prioritize showing up in Google Maps rather than above Google Maps. Um, but then the only other choice, if you're not going to do ads to get on the first page fast, is these third-party websites, right? So AVO, Fine Laws Directory, Lawyer.com, all these third-party websites. So I look at Google Ads as a tremendous benefit when compared to third-party directories because there's not as much blood in the water. Um, when someone clicks on a directory listing uh, or on a directory website, there's a whole slew of other lawyers. Pretty much they all look the same and it's just like a picture and a phone number and like what their practice area is. 
it, so you're in the red ocean, right? So, you know, Google ads, the cool thing about it is when, once they click their ad, it's just your ad, it's you versus you. And once they're on your landing page, it's like, does your copy compel enough to them for them to reach out? And if they get a good experience, the conversion rate doubles or sometimes five X's based on uh, practice area uh, by just having one landing page that where people don't have as many options. I've also noticed you get higher quality leads. Uh, you get leads that aren't looking to quote unquote shop you in PI. Like this is, these are the cases that you just let slip by because they weren't an easy sign up, right? On contingency fee work, uh, it's so easy to make rationalizations that, oh, that, that client was irrational. That client would have never signed up. That well, what if that client was a seven-figure case? Like, you know, you can't look at it in, in, in such a high-ticket niche like PI where you're just like, oh, we don't really want those leads. And I think Google Ads is a great way to do that, especially when combined with SEO. So my goal for most lawyers is I want, I want most lawyers to just blanket the first page. I want, I want them to see your ad. I want them to see your map. And I want them to see your organic listing. And you probably, if you have the budget, also want to be on a directory so that you can't miss anything, right? And you get the link juice from it. And it's just, you know, it's not an all or nothing battle. So I'd say, you know, the, the first tip is 40K a month plus. Um, okay, now let's talk about Google ads. Uh, now the budget question, we just recently raised our minimums to 5,000 a month on, on personal injury ad spend. Um, but uh, the... The, the interesting thing, there's so much tied up in the budget question. What is your intake process? Are you hemorrhaging leads? Are, do you have automated email drip follow-ups? Um, are, are you nurturing the leads that, that don't sign up with you to get referrals from them? Because, you know, for some law firms, one lead is worth $5,000 because of nurturing, right? And for another, it's worth $200 because it's just like you're, you're, you're treating them like a warm referral that's going to follow up with you. So there's so much tied into it. You know, generally speaking, I'd say if you're on the lowest of low budget, um, you know, 2000 can work per month in a lower competition uh, geographic area. Like if you're an upstate middle of nowhere, New York state um, or like Kansas in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, not in a major city. We have campaigns that run very good at 2000 a month in PI, uh, you know, considering geographic location, but typically the broad strokes, you know, uh, ballpark minimum is like the 5,000 range where you can predictably get cases every month and start drawing some math um, behind the cases that you're pulling in. So that was a tremendous answer to a large softball that I threw at you that we could go a number of ways. Yeah. So it could be anywhere from, you know, if they're a soft tissue firm where they're taking any type of injury, then they can pay less versus maybe a, someone that only wants to litigate those, those major injuries. And the other thing that I mentioned, and I, I completely agree with what you, what you said about just dominating the first page. Another reason to do ads like you're saying over the directories is well the, the directories you get locked into this this fixed monthly fee and if you're in a situation where the directory just stops performing like avo is right now it's just tanking mm -hmm. then you may be paying an inflated fee whereas pay-per-click it's it's auction based it's driven by competition so there's all kinds of reasons uh not only uh, from a from a cost standpoint there yep and so 
let's uh, l- let's talk about a couple things and just some general optimizations here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an example. I'm a, I'm very I would say um, average pay per click guy. We don't do pay per click at our agency, but when I did in the past, I would run these call only campaigns, but then I would just get bombarded with you know I'm trying to get more car accidents. I would get bombarded by the lemon law. You know, hey, I need my car fixed. I need my car fixed. What type of, what are the basics when it comes to negative keyword optimizations? Yeah. So, so there's two, there's two points you made in that. Number one's call only ads. Number two is negative keywords, but what makes negative keywords a lot easier, there's something before that, which is your match type, right? So, and the keyword selection, right? So let's be very clear. You don't need the craziest of crazy negative keyword lists if you have brilliant keyword selection done from the get-go, right? The only reason you had to exclude perhaps, and, and what Chris is talking about negatives for those who don't understand is a negative keyword is a word that you can put in either at an account level, a campaign level, or an ad group level, right? And you can tell Google, hey, if someone types in the word uh, auto lawyer, car lawyer, but they also type somewhere the word lemon, right? in there, don't trigger my ad, okay? So you can exclude a word like lemon. You can also exclude uh, every variation of every state, full spelling, every abbreviation of every state, right? The two letters, except for in and main, right? So Indiana and main, M-E, right? You don't wanna exclude the word in, lawyer in X town or me for near me. So there's certain states you don't wanna exclude. Um, and then major cities, right? So you just pull a list of top 100 major cities, by the way, for everyone listening right now, what I'm telling you is like a multi hundred thousand dollar lesson just right here. Like go type in list of state names. Okay. And then on Google, copy that whole list, delete the state that you're in, that you're targeting, both the full spelling of the state, the abbreviation of the state, then pull a list of top 100 major cities right? Delete every major city that's within your geographic area, right? And right there, you just excluded everyone who's on a mobile device, right? This is how Google rips people off in a lot of ways. Someone's on a mobile device. Let's say someone travels to Washington state um, and they live in Los Angeles, right? They go to Washington state um, and they type in uh, personal injury lawyer. Uh, uh, personal injury lawyer, um, uh, Los Angeles, for example. And if you were showing ads in Washington, let's say you have a Washington state law firm, you're, you're showing your ads in a 30 mile radius where that person's standing with their phone. Okay. If you're not excluding the, the phrase Los Angeles, L period, a period, L a without periods, like variations like that, um, your ad will trigger and boom, there goes 120 to however many hundred dollars your, your click cost is. And these things add up. So PI is a game of inches, right? So it's like, I always say, you know, everyone wants to get super, super creative with PI campaigns. And I've never seen one long lasting successful PI campaign that is super, super massively complex because it's more a game of what you exclude than what it is you target, right? So back to your original point, Chris, 
you know, the first question I'd ask is, did you have the, the right keyword from the get-go, right? So if you were bidding on, this is what a lot of lawyers do because it's cheaper in, in the car accident niche. You'll bid on a keyword. You'll select a keyword like auto lawyer, car lawyer. And if you put plus signs before each word, that's what's called a broad modified match type. So essentially what that means is you're telling Google, show my ad any, anytime someone types in the word auto and the word lawyer, regardless of order, regardless of how many words are in between it. That's what's called broad modified match type, right? So if you just know, if you do that in your campaign, you will pull in arguably uh, 50 to 65% like lemon law property damage type leads. Um, and, and, you know, these are little costly lessons you can learn and test on your own, but I'm just telling you that's what happens. So you would have been better off by adding the word accident, injury, crash, wreck, et cetera. Um, all the words, you know, about, uh, doing SEO, um, because then you wouldn't have to exclude the word lemon or you still could, uh, it's not going to mess up anything, but the chances are 99.9% .9 of people are not going to type in car wreck lawyer lemon law. Um, it's just, it's, it's too specific for the word lemon to be pulled in enough times for you to waste a lot of money on it. than just car and lawyer. It's just, it's just, did you choose the right keywords from the get go? So that's why I think keyword research is like vital, um, you know, to know what is popular in your market. Um, what percent of your budget do you want to put towards trucking, motorcycle? Um, do you want a segment of MedMal? Do you want some uh, pedestrian keywords? Like the most important thing you could ever do is what I call a budget allocation framework where you actually draw out, not, not what's in your head. Oh, so, uh, severe birth injury cases, right? Um, you know, that's fine to want those cases, but I always say, I think and I feel is what ruins marketing campaigns. You say, I think my clients are going to type this in. I feel like they'd type this in, but then you go to the Google keyword planner, you type it in and you realize it's only searched 10 times a month in the entire state. So it's like, how much can you really do with that keyword? Um, and that's where SEO comes in, creating research content that can attract more top of funnel awareness that then can filter into those higher value cases. There are tons of incredible nuggets there talking about different, the different match types, the different types of uh, bidding strategies. The other thing, you know, when I got started with pay-per-click, this is just kind of funny here. You know, I looked up negative keywords. Well, I kept seeing you need to put all the phrases like cheap and, and uh, low cost and free. Well, well, in the legal vertical specifically, you don't want to exclude free because then your free consultations is out the window. And that's a common, you know, common query. So just be really careful, guys. If you research this online, make sure you look, go to, you know, Bill's site, you go to SMB team and you look at the negative keywords for lawyers and not just general negative keyword lists with, because those tactics are different for e-commerce and, and things of that nature. Yep. Uh, let's talk next about, here's another, another common one is landing pages. Okay, so should the attorney take their, their high intent car accident lawyer type phrases they're bidding on and drive that directly to their website's you know, page that was created for SEO purposes or should they be considering maybe a subdomain landing page or a no index landing page? 
uh, for PPC purposes. Kind of what's your thought here? So, and, and we can go longer if you want, Chris, I'm not sure on your schedule. Um, but, uh, cause I could talk sure. about this all day. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, this is a huge, I call it sunk cost theory. I don't call it. It's a, it's an actual thing. Um, in investing, right? Some cost theory where you spend money on something and then you try every way you possibly can to make the thing you spent money on work for as many things as you possibly can because you already spent money on it. And this happens with lawyer websites, man, all the time, all the time. Um, so let's say you have a internal page on your website. Okay. And it, this especially happens with town names, right? So let's say you're trying to rank for some, you know, uh, sub town within your area. Let's say your office is located in a town like Linwood. I don't even know. I'm just making it Colorado. Um, and it's right outside of um, Denver, Colorado, right? Let's say your personal injury lawyer page, your internal page is like Linwood personal injury lawyer. And that's like, that's, those are the three words at the top of the page. And that's because we're trying to rank for Linwood cases. Cause that's where our law firm is. And, uh, and the funny thing is, is when you do like when people do psychological studies of what towns people identify living with in, right. You'll see what it's called a designated marketing area, a DMA, right. Most people broad strokes, like you know, they're going to look at, oh, I'm looking for a Denver law firm. Like, you know, just Denver. And those little micro moments where someone's outside of the town Linwood, you're, you're showing up like a 50 mile radius, your ads are showing for, right? And then you send someone who's 42 miles away from Linwood, Colorado, right? To a page that the number one selling point is Linwood personal injury lawyer. What do you think they're going to do? Put yourself in the shoes of someone who, who doesn't know better right? They're, they're going to bounce. They're going to go, oh, I don't want to go all the way to Linwood. Are you kidding me? That quick, 120 bucks, 140 bucks, 150 bucks, gone, right? And the challenge with Google ads is the fact that it registers based on cell phone towers, right? So a lot of people forget this. You can't geo-target on Google ads the way you can on Facebook ads. It, it's not going to happen. And if you read the fine print of Google's patents, right? So every time Google releases a patent, there's people who follow Google's patents, including my director of PPC. Every time an algorithm change happens of some sort, right? Because um, we'll try and patent some little element of their AI. And what happens is when, when a patent is released and there's a new thing, well, in the, in the, I don't know if you call it bylaws, I'm not a lawyer, but um, in the fine print of, of all the mumbo jumbo that's on the back end of Google, right? It says very clearly, any geographic radius or target that you set could have a five to 10 mile wiggle room. <laughs> That's a pretty big wiggle room. Um, and, you know, so thinking that you're just gonna show ads in Linwood and send Linwood ads to a Linwood landing page is, is crazy because you'll, you'll see it, right? It, it's based on browser history, all these crazy things. You'll be outside of Linwood. I did this for a client of mine who wanted to show ads in a town outside of Philadelphia called Allentown, PA. And I was trying to do the specific geo-targeting. Um, this is why I've learned that busy work is not necessarily always tied to results. Um, I thought I was doing all these little hacks to get them better ROI. And then I'm in Philadelphia one day. I type in workers' comp lawyer 
in my phone and I see his Allentown ad show up. I'm like, I got to rethink my entire strategy here. I am not in Allentown. I had the ad settings set to uh, just showing ads in Allentown, like in the county of Allentown. I'm like probably 38 miles south, 38, 40 miles south of Allentown. And I see an Allentown ad, right? And it, it was at that point, that's not five or 10 miles. That's 38, 40 miles, right? And I see an Allentown ad. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, we got to change our entire strategy here. So what we follow is a practice where we're very adamant of separating pages that are designed to rank for SEO purposes, right? Also, there's a lot of bounce rate problems that happen with Google ads. You're going to get a higher bounce rate on Google ads traffic, which then can actually hurt your SEO because your website is going to seem like people don't like that page unless it's no index, no follow or whatever. That wouldn't be an SEO page. Um, so uh, what we do is we actually either create separate URLs or a, or a subdomain, like you said, uh, primarily because it allows you uh, to sell someone on the consultation. Okay. SEO content is value, value, value. Put some strategic keywords in there. Value, 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 right? It's meant to be more research oriented, right? That's why people are scrolling, you know, lower, um, obviously excluding Google maps. Um, but regardless, a landing page for Google ads is a sales pitch. And a lot of lawyers hate the word sales, right? No, 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 no. Make no mistake. If someone clicks a Google ad, okay, it is not a time to say Linwood personal injury lawyer at, and take up the entire space of the entire page and that's your unique selling proposition. You're not going to get leads. So instead, you need a separate page with a headline, subheadline, benefit driven call to action above the form, above the fold form fill, right? A quick, video or, or you know 90 second video or, or a group photo of some sorts three quick hitting points another call to action boom like that's it's a completely different thing from what ranks on seo versus what gets someone to take immediate action stop what they're doing and go wait a second i gotta call this lawyer right now despite the 50 billboards i've seen despite everything else i've heard i gotta stop now and contact this lawyer because I always say, the, a, a big mistake lawyers make is they try to sell people on marriage like when they visit them for the first time. Like, all you need to do is address the fears they have of reaching out to you. Hey, were you involved in a car accident? This would be a Google Ads landing page headline. Were you involved in a car accident in the XYZ area? Not specific town, right? XYZ area, question mark. Are you worried if you call, if, are you worried if you call a lawyer, you're going to talk to someone who isn't a lawyer, question mark? We're different. Call now to speak to a lawyer. That, it's just something I just came up with the top of my mind. You're only selling them on the first step, right? First step, not we've won $40 million in this and that. We've done all this and we've done that and we've done all these things. And oh yeah, call now. Oh, we've done all this. So it's like, you got to actually sell these people to take an immediate step rather than try and commingle your SEO strategy with a paid search sales strategy, as I'd call it. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm so glad you answered that. That's exactly where I was pushing you is, is, you know, here's the thing. If the individual converts quickly or they bounce, I mean, all these things, they don't spend a lot of time on the page. If, if you send it to a small dedicated conversion page, that, that's going to hurt your SEO. Exactly what you said. Wait, do and, you actually, and, so you actually 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel so much yeah. validated now because I've never <laughs> had an actual SEO expert go like, yeah, that's true. Wow. I'll tell you another thing too, just little nuances guys for our audience. And I'm a big fan of the subdomain pages too. And the reason is because if you have an SEO team that has to know that a page is no indexed or you may unintentionally build internal links to that page and drive a lot of authority to that page and it, and, it, and all that could dilute your overall SEO equity. And, and like Bill said, I mean, it's, it's totally different you're using copywriting principles to convert because that's the intent. That's the action you're trying to drive versus SEO where it's, you know, it's research. You just want to provide information. You may even link to other, you know, expert topics and, and even away from your site just to validate your opinion. And that's not what you would do for pay-per-click. Um, yeah. So yeah, I completely agree. Those are great tips. Um, I, I didn't know the thing about the, the five to 10 mile wiggle room. So right there on its own, and immediately I'm here in St. Louis or near St. Louis. And I think, well, Clayton, but if you're in Clayton, you probably refer to yourself as St. Louis. You probably don't refer to yourself as being in Clayton. So yeah. and lots you of tips. Ads, you can make an ad specific to Clayton, right? If mm -hmm. someone types in the word Clayton personal injury lawyer, that's different. You can show them an ad that says Clayton personal injury lawyer, right? And, but still, even in that case, because Clayton personal injury lawyer is not going to be a high traffic term. Maybe it searched right. 10 times a month or a year. So it, Google ads standpoint, it's like, do you really want to have a landing page for Clayton? Or do you just want to, is it that important, right? Or can we just say, hey, were you in a car accident in St. Louis area? Are you feeling this fear right now to reach out? Are you frustrated that you're not getting answers? Do you want to know the value of your case? I mean, do you just want to feel like your life's back in order? Just put in your information. It's no obligation. What's going to happen is three things. You're going to get the information you want. You're not going to be pressured into making a decision and you're going to talk to an actual lawyer. Okay. Put your information in right here. We're here to help you. Like completely world of difference than, than trying to like do this micro town landing page strategy. So I'll shut up on that. <laughs> No, I completely agree. And I think there's, there's tons of nuggets from the, the negative keyword list on its own. I'm going to really be featuring that because that's just, that's just gold and, and, and thinking about IN and ME and then these landing page optimizations. So there's tons of value here, Bill. Yep. So let, let's get some quick hitters. Um, so what's a, uh, what are, what are some of the metrics just general that, that attorneys should be paying attention to besides case acquisition, besides conversions, those, some of those granular metrics, what should they be looking at? Yeah. So it's a tough question. Um, I, I say a controversial statement that numbers do lie um, in, in, in Google ads um, and, and in a lot of paid advertising because, um, you know, I, I, I actually say <laughs> it's kind of contrarian to the more married you are to any one number in your marketing, the more short-term decisions and wrong decisions you're going to make, right? So what I've learned this is psychology uh, 101 for lawyers is that when lawyers feel like they're getting duped or like they don't know what they're spending money on, or they get the, the feeling of skepticism, the easiest thing to do instead of having a tough conversation with whoever you feel that way with, which is always hard for human beings to do because we like to be accepted. 
Instead, it's way easier to detach and go, what's, what number can I look at in this campaign that isn't improving the way I expected? I'm not an expert, but what one number can I complain about without saying, you know, a tough conversation? And I've noticed in Google ads, that could be conversion rate, that could be cost per conversion, uh, that could be um, click-through rate, it could be uh, impression share, it could be all these different factors, right? And it's so funny because I don't really care about the numbers. I don't even care about quality score. I think they're all gimmicks and games. It, you know, it, it, I have super low quality score campaigns that are going after creative keywords like workers comp PA, workers comp laws, right? And showing a workers comp lawyer ad to a keyword like that. Well, Google says, ah, that's not really a good quality score. You're, you're bidding on workers comp laws and then you're showing a workers comp lawyer ad. They're not really relevant. Okay, but, um, but I'm paying <laughs> like $5 a click for it, right? So I'm okay with a lower quality score. It doesn't really matter to me. And I'm also okay that I have a low click-through rate right? I have tons of impressions, tons of people seeing the ad that aren't clicking on it. Maybe it's a 0.45% convert or a click-through rate. Again, I don't care, right? And, you know, let's say the cost per conversion is a thousand bucks, right? And uh, whatever. Again, I don't care if, if, the, if the leads that we get from that through the form submission on the landing page or through the phone calls all convert into cases, then doesn't matter. All of it doesn't matter. So it's like, uh, and then, and then the other, so I don't mean to be like confusing here. I am a, a, a bit creative. Um, I like but, the contrarian view, <laughs> <laughs> but then the other, you know, the other, the other thing I think there is like, well, okay, what about the holistic success? This is the reason why I'm so uh, just a little squeamish towards artificial intelligence. It's like, uh, like I just don't think that I think AI, so for example, in Google ads, if you depend on automated bidding strategies, like maximize clicks, right? These set it and forget it bidding strategies, maximize clicks, target cost per acquisition, all that BS, like, like artificial intelligence bidding stuff. Well, the truth is a lot of people don't know this is Google, just like an advertising company does, Google's just trying to make your numbers look good on paper right? They want, they want your numbers to look good on that dashboard, right? That's their key thing. They don't know if you're converting cases on it. They don't know the quality of the phone calls. They don't know everything that happens after the case. They're optimizing for vanity, right? So that people will keep spending money and see improvements, see good numbers that beat manual bidding and beat, you know, these other more difficult ways, okay, that, that don't, maybe don't look as good on paper, right? So I always say like, it's about the holistic marketing strategy too. Um, you know, if you, if you were to just focus on conversion rate and say, oh, my conversion rates have decreased and I no longer tolerate this. And my cost per lead has went $1 above what I will tolerate. Therefore, I will be turning off my Google ads campaigns uh, uh, effective immediately, right? With this black and white mentality. I'm just like, dude, that's not how billionaires think. It's, it's not like, Billionaires make asset allocation decisions, not abandonment decisions. Like they're just you know, pulling the lever. Oh, test this out. Oh, interesting. You know, right now my cost per lead on Google ads for, for our own campaign is like two grand, right? I don't freaking care. 
I, I don't care at all. I know I have a 45% conversion rate direct from the Google ads leads, but I know people are doing research. I know once they opt in, they're get, they're going to go on our webinar. I know they're going to get emails from us. <laughs> I'm not like going to freak out over that. So like, you know, that's, that's just having a growth mentality. So as soon as I stopped focusing on any one number, that's when my brand exploded. Um, it is when I, when I stopped worrying about the $1 in, am I going to get two or three or stop it? And I, and I just, and I just went into abundance where I was just like, man, how can I just, how can I just be everywhere? How can I just help as many people as I want? How can I have faith that something's going to come back and that everything else I did, right, is going to come to this pinnacle point where I get a client, right? And, and it, it's, it's not perfect, but I, you know, I think, um, I think the important thing is to always, as Jeff Bezos says, uh, his number four leadership principle is uh, for Amazon is great leaders are right, comma, a lot. And what that means is great people on his leadership team are always questioning their pre-existing belief systems. They're always going, uh, yeah, I see that number. No, 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 I know I feel that way. Right? That's why they're big in the meditation. It's like, oh, I know I feel that way about this decision. Let me step back. Could I be wrong? What, what data am I operating on? What, where was I burned in the past that's causing me to feel this way? Okay, I'm, I'll come back to this. I'll sleep on it, right? That's, that's the right way, I think, to make decisions long-term when it comes to uh, lawyer marketing. So sorry to get so psychological. I, I love that answer. And I had a, a bunch of takeaways there. Any, you know, the long-term value on its own from that client, you may have other things to sell. You're building your email list. You're, you know, that can activate as a trigger to power any marketing initiative. And I, I liked it, the abundance mindset, not just looking at the granular, it's the big picture. Am I, am I growing? Am I more visible? Am I helping more individuals? So I love all of that. Especially with SEO. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can't win not being abundant on SEO. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so, so let's shift over to, to personal development. So you, you dropped Jeff Bezos, you've got, you know, E-Myth, you've, we've kind of been talking about a lot of these, uh, great mentors books. What are, what are some of your favorite business books? Hmm. Yeah. So, um, scaling up one that comes to mind. Um, I'm sure you know of scaling up. Oh right? yeah. Vern. Okay. Yeah. So Vern Harnish. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, so I, you know, I have my whiteboards actually behind the computer right now. Um, and I always have written up there, um, people, strategy, execution, cash, which are the four sections of the book scaling up. So I always try to come back to that and think if I'm experiencing a challenge in the business, instead of feeling like I'm a failure or something I did is wrong or I'm a bad leader or whatever, I try to go, okay, well, let's break this down. Let's, let's, Let's quantify what I'm feeling. So try and go, okay, this is a people problem. Am I attracting and keeping the right people, right? And then I go, um, okay, is this a strategy problem? Am I, am I differentiated enough in this segment of the business, right? Am I clearly the choice for X, right? In whatever niche of the business it is, okay? Execution, maybe I have a good strategy. Maybe I have the right people in the right seats, but is there an execution problem? Am I not pulsing properly with my team with recurring weekly meetings? Um, is there some accountability hiccup? Um, right? So that's the execution side. 
And then last but not least is the cash side. Everything sounds great, but you can't do anything without cash. And, and a lot of people mistake a profit and loss statement for uh, you know, building and growing cash reserves, right? So it's a difference between operating with profit and actually building cash reserves that equate your, your monthly expenses uh, in a certain multiple. So I always come back to scaling up. Um, that, that really helps me a lot. I think um, think and grow rich. So I am uh, very adamant about uh, my major definite purpose. I write my goals down uh, in full every morning, all of my health goals, all of my relationship goals, all of my spiritual goals, and then all of my business goals along with my quarterly rocks. So I write that out every morning along with five things I'm grateful for. Uh, and then I pace around my kitchen, sometimes in my underwear like a maniac, um, reciting my major definite purpose statement. Um, I know I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself persistent continuous action towards its attainment that I hear and now promise to take such action. And there's a lot more to it. Um, so I recite that out loud and sometimes it wakes up my fiance, uh, which is fun. Definitely wakes up the dog. Um, and then, uh, so think and grow rich is really, really big for me. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's always a new book. I think the way, the way I've learned that I learn is by, uh, I, I try to immerse myself in the teachings of a person. That's how I personally learn at this phase in my life. So Vern Harnish, for example, rather than he's the author of Scaling Up, he's also the founder of EO, Entrepreneur Organization. Um, so when I found out about Vern Harnish, rather than just reading the book and being done with the book, instead, before I read a book, I try and learn about the author, right? So I'll watch a lot of videos. I'll take notes on the author. I'll think, what's his viewpoint before I read this book? I'll read the book maybe in bits and pieces. Then I'll go try and learn a little bit more about them. And I, so I go on like binges, right? So two weeks ago, I went through a Jeff Bezos binge where I, I went through a little bit of the everything store, only watched his videos for that week. And I'm just looking for one habit, like every week or two, one little thing that I can like do a little bit more of. Um, and, uh, but it's, all, it's always something new, Chris. It's never like, uh, it's, it's not like other than think and grow rich. It's, it's always new book. I know the, the power of now I will say did, did, uh, dramatically change my life. Cause I, I suffered from anxiety for gosh, five years, uh, was clinically diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and I suffered so bad. And once I learned, uh, meditation and, uh, <laughs> It's funny, works better than meditation is taking massive action, I learned. Um, but just taking action on all the things that you resist immediately before they become uh, bubbled up in, in your subconscious has, uh, has worked well. But a lot of, a lot of that came from uh, the power of now from Eckhart Tolle. Definitely, I'll have to read that one for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you know, I, I've heard your battle cries. I've seen them on your, your Facebook story and, and, and definitely have been uh, more than a few times clicked in there, your written down goals, kind of glance at what you're doing. And, and it's been really exciting. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. So, you know, one, one final question here, Bill, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't discussed? Man, what a good question. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I know we're a little over our time, but I just think I try and do every, every, um, 
every talk I ever do as if it's my last. And, you know, I, I wouldn't feel fulfilled if I didn't say, you know, that all of the, all of the how is, is great. I mean, you know, if you're an attorney listening to this right now and, and you're, you're, you're filling yourself with all these little nuggets and data and then, and then you're just going to stop, right. And, and, and nod your head and go, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Oh, oh I learned things. I learned things. And then that's it. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't feel like I, I, I did, I did my job here. So I think the, the thing I always ask is like, as a result of today's, uh, podcast, what are you going to commit to doing and write that down right now? And before you move on, right. From writing it down after you've written it down, communicate that to someone else and say, I'm going to be doing this. Okay. By this day and hold me accountable to finish that. Right. Um, the, the only other thing I'd say other than that, if you just do that one thing, it'll make me really happy. So thank you. Um, you can email me if you actually do, uh, bill at smbteam.com. Um, the only other thing I'd say is like a lot of this game, I'm 28 years old. I have, you know, gosh, 15 full-time employees. Our, our business doubled since coronavirus hit. This is my second legitimate year in business. Uh, two and a half, I guess. Yeah, I think two and a half, maybe, maybe three and a half. I forget, two and a half. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not smarter than anyone. I'm not, you know, I'm not really, I am working really hard. That, that's definitely true. Um, but I, I just believe that the goals that I write down are, are they're not fairy dust. Um, and like, it's just a different, it's one thing to set goals, but it's like to actually have conceptual strategic communicated plans behind them that have, have different pathways. And it's just so, it's so different than writing down your goals. And I struggled so long not believing my goals. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing I'd say is like, if you're going to make a commitment, you know, what, what is the unshakable belief behind that commitment that, that, you, no one else needs to give you a head nod to, to approve of, but it's like, I know I can do this. And, and, and what is that? Um, because Google ads can help you with certain things in your business, but until you make a, you know, flag in the ground commitment to something of what you're going to do with your practice, you know, and make it zoomed out, make it big. Like you don't have to fully be able to see it at first, but do you want to 2X your revenues? Do you want to 2X your profits? Do you want to do what Chris did with his company and only take select clients and, and build this amazing business model that allows him to do the right things for the right clients within a very specific niche? Like Chris had to get crystal, crystal clear on that and, and say no to 5,000 things to pull that off and you know, I just, I just learned that the how, you can learn all the how in the world, but if it's not embedded with this insatiable, no, 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 like, yeah, I'll use PPC. Yeah, I'll use Chris Fresio. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, but I'm going there, right? My question is, what's there for you? Um, and, and do you actually believe you can pull it off? So just had to say that um, as, a, as a parting parting thing. Sorry to get Tony Robbins on you guys. No, I love that. So we'll, we'll end there. That's amazing, an amazing piece of advice. Guys, we've been talking to Bill Hauser, CEO and president of SMB Team. 
Bill, where can people go to learn more? Yeah, just go to lawyerppcbook.com. Uh, it's just a, uh, it's my book, PPC for Lawyers, Not Dummies. And uh, you can learn more there or smbteam.com. Always feel free to uh, reach out to us. Um, but the book would probably be the best, uh, best next move. Awesome. Bill, thanks so much. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Rankings Podcast. We'll see you again next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.